Hey guys, before we get started, I want to talk about today's sponsor, Baxter Blue Eyewear. Are you tired of experiencing the world of digital eye strain? Then look no further than Baxter Blue Glasses. No pun intended. Baxter Blue offers a variety of glasses with lenses to filter out 80% of the highest blue lights, eliminate 99% of glare, and even 100% of UVA slash UVA light, which is amazing. Let's be honest, it's hard for us to go through one day while looking closely at our phones or computer screens. Believe me, I relate to that so much. But too much exposure to digital light would not be ideal for our vision. If you're looking for good quality eyewear that's perfect for all ages, then you should consider Baxter Blue Glasses. Click the link down below to get 10% off your purchase and start seeing the world through Baxter Blue's vision today. If you were a kid that grew up in the late 1990s, early 2000s, then chances are you've owned the Nintendo GameCube. No joke, I fucking love the GameCube. Easily my favorite Nintendo console. Though you can't go wrong with the Switch. This may be nostalgia talking, but there's something about the GameCube I can't help but admire. Its simple design that includes a handle that makes it easy to carry, the controllers and many adapters they release, and of course, the menu. You turn your GameCube on, then all of a sudden you see these tiny purple cubes formed together to make one giant cube in the shape of a G. Not to mention the catchy jingle that plays along with it. But if you hold Z on one of the controllers, the jingle is replaced with monkey sounds followed by kids laughing. Or if you hold Z on all four controllers, you hear old-fashioned Japanese beats, almost like something out of a kung fu movie. But if you press A, or turn on the GameCube with no games inside, the G-Cube will turn 3D, and here comes the menu. I'll admit, that used to scare the shit out of me as a kid, until I found out the menu was actually pretty cool. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe this was the first Nintendo console to have a menu, and it was very simple at the time. You can adjust the sound and screen position and options, configure the time and date and calendar, look up your storage and save data of your memory cards in well, memory card, and once you're ready to start your game or insert a game, you can start playing immediately in gameplay. The GameCube's menu theme is so captivating that it can easily be lost in trance upon hearing it. In a good way, obviously. I used to leave my GameCube on all the time just to hear the menu theme, but thanks to the internet, or better yet, YouTube, I can listen to the menu theme on loop and retain my peaceful state. However, design and aesthetics weren't the only things that made the GameCube so unique, but rather its collection of games. Though I had a lot of video game consoles growing up, GameCube games impacted me the most, as they were the games I always rushed home to play after school. Even today, I still play my GameCube from time to time, just so I can relive all the past games I played. For this episode, I'm going to share my top 10 favorite GameCube games of all time. These games will be judged based on quality and gameplay, so don't expect full-length reviews on each game. I'm just going to explain each of them from a general standpoint. Besides, some of these games might get reviews in the future, or retrospectives. Same shit when you think about it. A few rules I have though, is that each game must be GameCube exclusives, so no games that are available on multiple platforms. Unless that set game was remade for the GameCube, then it counts. Also, I'm sticking to one game per franchise. However, if that said franchise has multiple spin-offs, then those spin-offs count as their own games. A few examples are the Mario Party and Mario Kart series. Yes, technically they're Mario games, but they're not the same Mario games we're used to, so they count as separate games. Once more, everything I say is my opinion. If a certain game didn't make the list, please don't get offended. I had a very conservative childhood. <laughs> I'm Eric from Geeks Crossing, and this is my top 10 favorite GameCube games of all time. Before we get to my list, we of course have honorable mentions, starting with Metroid Prime. To be honest, I'm not a huge fan of Metroid. I don't know why, it just never intrigued me. But I did see myself enjoying Metroid Prime for its graphics and gameplay. 
This was pretty much Nintendo's first attempt at making a first-person shooter game before they decided to get kid-friendly with Splatoon. I never liked Splatoon to begin with, but that's going off topic. Because I'm not a Metroid fan completely, I had to put this game as an honorable mention. Up next, Kirby Air Ride. Now, a Kirby racing game sounds like fun, but in execution, it definitely could have been better. This game felt very clunky in terms of gameplay and overall premise. It doesn't help that this game heavily borrows assets from a far more successful game. For those who played this game, you know what I'm talking about. Still, it had its fun moments, just not enough to make the list. Next, we have Mario Superstar Baseball. Even though I don't care about sports, give me a sports game with Mario and I'll be on top of that shit. This game was a lot of fun, don't get me wrong, but I felt the AI of your opponents felt very inconsistent and the controls felt very lethargic at times. Still, it's not a bad game per se. Last but not least, Pokemon Channel. I know, this game is very infamous among the Pokemon fanbase, but it still can be fun at times. Watching TV with Pikachu with all sorts of different channels, going on daily walks and answer Pokemon trivia, I wanted to put this game in the top 10 because it's a joke and that's what makes it so good. However, humor alone isn't enough to give this game any more recognition. Sorry, maybe in the future I'll do a retrospective on that game. Alright, that's all four honorable mentions. Now we can begin my list. Number 10, Super Monkey Ball. Starting off the list, we have Super Monkey Ball. When you think about Sega, the only franchise that comes to mind is usually Sonic. But why not give some love towards Sega's other properties? The premise of this game is simple. You play as monkeys trapped in a ball and must guide them through courses to collect bananas and reach the goalpost. I thought this game did a great job with controls and isometric angles. However, this game becomes extremely difficult the more levels you complete. Seriously, I can't recap the amount of times I almost broke my controller while playing this game. Then again, this was the first game in the series, so it felt like the developers were simply getting their feet wet. Regardless, it was still really fun and it helped teach me that not all games are going to be easy. Number 9. Star Fox Assault much like Metroid, I'm not the biggest fan of Star Fox. In fact, this was the only Star Fox game I ever played, and it's actually pretty good. Unlike the previous titles where they're only 3D scrolling shooters, this game is both that and a third person shooter. One minute you're flying around in our wings to blast enemy ships, then the next minute you're running around collecting items and shooting anything in your path. Almost like a precursor for what most Star Wars games are like these days. I know, this podcast is long overdue for a Star Wars episode. Anyway, I mostly enjoyed the second genre that this game has, because the Arwing fights did get exhausting. Maybe there was a reason why I only stuck with this game, but at least it was fun while it lasted. Number 8. Pikmin. Not gonna lie, this game used to bore the fuck out of me as a kid, because all you do is just command these weird plants to do whatever the hell you want. Almost like a watered down version of Pokemon. But as years went on, I've grown to appreciate this game a lot more. Pikmin is one of those games that requires careful and real-time planning. Sure, it's nothing new in today's standards, but back in the day, it was something. It's funny that I mentioned water in Pokemon, because each Pikmin color represents an elemental type. Red Pikmin is fire, blue is water, yellow is electricity, and so on and so forth. Using the right Pikmin to aid me in certain dilemmas was time well spent. Also, shout out to the biggest Pikmin fan I know, which is Gabe. Sorry if this game wasn't ranked higher. Number 7. Mario Party 5. Before Super Mario Party, this game was my favorite within the series. I don't know why, but this game always stuck out to me as a kid. Starting with the story, we have to stop Bowser and the Koopa Kid trio, his latest group of Bowser Jr. rejects. I don't remember if we've seen these three in other games, but I thought they were fine additions. However, the real fun lies within the gameplay, as this game offers many different boards for players to get their party mode on, like Pirate Dream, Sweet Dream, Future Dream. I forgot to mention that dreams are kind of a thing in this game. Regardless, it was unique for its time. Of course, I have to mention all the fun and addicting minigames, 
such as Leaf Leap, Ficard, Sky Survivor, and my personal favorite, Coney Island. Even though this game feels overshadowed these days, especially by Super Mario Party, I still have fond memories over this title. Number 6. Paper Mario A Thousand Year Tour Fun fact, this was the only Paper Mario game I played and finished completely. Sadly, I didn't have an N64 growing up, and I heard most future titles kinda sucked, especially Sticker Star and Color Splash. Though I've been meaning to give Origami Knight a chance for a while. As of now, I'm content with A Thousand Year Door being the only Paper Mario game I played. And yeah, as far as I'm concerned, it's also the best game in the series. Because this game has it all. A story that's very in-depth, a kick-ass soundtrack, and so many great party members that are debatably better to play as than Mario. Seriously, where the fuck did these characters go after this game? Still, it's a really solid game. Number 5. Sonic Adventure 2 Battle Okay, technically this game was on the Dreamcast, but it was ported and later upgraded for the GameCube, so it counts. It's no secret that I sort of hate Sonic, yet I enjoy this game a lot. If you guys listened to my Sonic tier list episode, then you already know why I love this game. But just to recap, I love the two stories you can play through, the different gameplay styles that include either high-speed action, treasure hunting, or operating mechs, and of course, Racing Chow. But does this game offer anything new besides being a port? Well, SA2B offers a lot of improvements, such as better graphics, more upgrades for your characters, and much more multiplayer content. These changes were so prominent that many consider Battle to be the definitive version of this game, even Sega themselves. I mean, why else would they bring all the content from this game in SA2's HD release? More importantly, they replaced Big the Cat with a Dark Chow in multiplayer. Ha, fuck you, Big. Number 4. Luigi's Mansion Ah, the game that helped launch the Nintendo GameCube, and needless to say, it was very successful. After constantly living in Mario's shadow, it's Luigi's time to shine. Luigi must venture through this haunted mansion to rescue Mario, who's been kidnapped. Right off the bat, you can tell this isn't your average Mario game, because you're not collecting power-ups or power stars or whatever. Instead, you go through each part of the mansion and capture many ghosts using a special vacuum. I would make a joke about Ghostbusters, but I'm pretty fucking sure everyone's been making that joke for over two decades. I'll admit, the constant backtracking puzzles did get on my nerves from time to time, but I appreciate the gameplay style either way. As of the making of this episode, I haven't completed any of the sequels, which are debatably better, but as Luigi's first solo game, I think the original still holds up. Eric, what about Mario's missing? Yeah, we don't talk about that shit. Number 3, Mario Kart Double Dash. It's funny, I used to hate this game as a kid. In fact, I thought it was one of the worst racing games I played. Until years later when I replayed it, I was literally eating my words. Like, I wrote all that shit on a piece of paper and started eating it. Then I spit it out because I realized eating paper was gross. <laughs> anyway, Mario Kart Double Dash is without a doubt the most unique game of the series. Because unlike previous titles, this one has you play as two characters at once in paired racing. You could always go with the basics and pair Mario with Luigi, or do something completely bizarre like pair baby Mario with Birdo. The possibilities are endless. The courses can be bullshit at times. Okay, bullshit all the time. But still a lot of fun. Maybe the reason why I hated this game back then was because I sucked at racing games. Hey, I was a stupid little kid back then who easily had gamer's rage, so can you blame me? Not too long ago, I 100 percent this game, and it was worth it. But is it better than Mario Kart Deluxe? Uh... Can I get back to you on that? Number 2. Pokemon Coliseum slash XD Gale of Darkness At second place, we have a tie because these games are pretty much the same. Pokemon Coliseum is a full-fledged RPG where you have to capture and purify these corrupted Pokemon called Shadow Pokemon. As well as stopping evil team that plans on using Shadow Pokemon for their own bidding. 
It's pretty much if the villainous team plot of the core games was the main focus, which I thought was pretty cool. And the fact that you can catch other people's Pokemon without getting penalized was unique. Although, capturing and purifying each Pokemon you encounter did get exhausting after a while, it was still a lot of fun. Its sequel, XD Gale of Darkness, may seem like a carbon copy, but it has much more to offer, such as new areas, other purifying methods, and more Pokemon for players to catch. If I had to choose which one was better though, it would obviously be XD, but Coliseum is still worth mentioning. I would go into more detail about these games, but I'll save it for a future episode, because there's one game left that tops all my choices. Number 1. Super Smash Brothers Melee! Tell me you guys didn't see that coming. I mean, what else would I put as my number one choice? It's the one game I'm sure everyone had when they first got their GameCube, myself included. As the second entry in the Super Smash Bros. series, this game amplified the series and became a staple for most fighting games by adding more characters, single player modes, and trophies to collect. Not to mention the better gameplay mechanics that vastly improved the competitive nature. Sidestepping, wave dashing, edge guarding, you name all that shit. Out of all the GameCube games I've owned, this is the one I played the most. It's the one game my friends and I will play every time we hung out after school, whether it be elementary, middle school, high school. Hell, even when I was away at college I still played this game. The amount of love and nostalgia I have towards this game is incalculable. Melee introduced me to the world of fighting games, and it helped me make me the person I am today. I could go on about how great this game is, but this year marks Melee's 20th anniversary, and I plan on going more in depth with this game pretty soon. Hint hint, wink wink. Super Smash Bros. Melee was and continues to be my favorite GameCube game, and if you haven't played it growing up, then I'm sorry, you missed out big time. Like I said before, my childhood was very conservative. Even though the GameCube had some of my favorite games growing up, sadly, it was always overshadowed by the PS2 and Xbox due to its simplicity and having no Wi-Fi capabilities. But that's what makes the GameCube all the more special to me. It's simple, fun, and easy to operate. And that's why I see myself constantly coming back to it. I might even say it's better than all the next-gen consoles combined. Of course, that may or may not be nostalgia talking. Either way, I'll always cherish my GameCube. This was honestly a great episode for me to do. And who knows, I might do a sequel episode where I recap my favorite Wii games. Fuck it, I might make this into a mini-series. The possibilities are endless. Anyway, what were some of your favorite GameCube games growing up? You can tell us in our Discord server. A link will be in the description as always. Same thing goes to our Instagram page, at Geeks Crossing. Be sure to continue supporting us on all available platforms such as Anchor, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and iHeartRadio. Thank you for listening and wait. Why do I hear tropical music? Oh shit. I thought I could get away from it, but it's still in my memories. Super Mario Sunshine. <laughs>